Welcome to From the Front Porch, a conversational podcast about books, small business, and life in the South. So, was I ever glad when Claudia told me Christy wanted to start the club? Friends at last, I thought. And that's just what I found. They're my friends, and I belong with them. Anne M. Martin, The Truth About Stacy. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. And today, I'm joined by bookshelf manager Olivia Schaefer and online sales coordinator Lucy Stoltzfus to talk all about The Babysitter's Club. Hi, friends. Hey. Hi. This is going to be so fun because none of us can see each other and there are three of us and this is going to be an experiment to see if we talk over one another <laughs> while we talk we about that this. When, we do that when we see each other too. That's true. Yeah. That's true. You should have seen Olivia's face when I was like, we won't be able to see each other while recording. Like you are going to be downstairs on this computer. <laughs> and Olivia's like, wait, what? <laughs> we haven't done that before. Yeah, this is new. Okay. So the reason I wanted to do this episode is because we have gotten a couple of requests for it. I think because we do a lot of babysitters club stuff. We have a book club called our babysitters back. All right. Book club, which I wanted to kind of talk about the idea for that club and kind of why we did that this year. As listeners may know, Olivia and I kind of ran the shop for mm, three, was it three months, Olivia? I believe it was three months. Yeah. Uh, For three months by ourselves. And what I mean by ourselves is like no customers. We had staffers like Lucy and Caroline working from home, but we were alone in the store, which meant a lot of, it meant a lot more Britney Spears than you might think. (laughs) Than even I thought really. (laughs) And so, okay. So the reason there the days were hard. They were good, but long. And I think I came to Olivia one week. We Maybe it was a Friday. And I said, I've had this idea. The Babysitter's Club books are being re-released, which I think Olivia had maybe told me about. And I said, I think we should do a book club about the Babysitter's Club. And I think we should call it Babysitter's Back All Right, like the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> I believe those were my exact words because I just needed a little bit of joy running the store in that way was really hard. And we were looking ahead to a summer with no in-store events. And so I asked Olivia, um, we thought Lucy would be the perfect companion and the rest is history. So I want to know, I obviously loved these books as a kid. It's why I thought it would be fun to recap them and to reread them this summer. Um, But Lucy, what was your history with the Babysitter's Club books? I had never read them as far as I remembered. I think I might have seen a couple episodes of the show, Mm -hmm. Um, but I I had no memory. I didn't know which babysitter I was coming into this. Um, (laughs) And also, I will say too that my typical genres are nonfiction and historical fiction. And so when I sat down with the first one of these books, I was like, Oh boy, (laughs) this is a departure. Um, (laughs) I was like, there's no 
murder. There's no like, <laughs> you know, war going on. So this, you know, I didn't know how I was going to react to it. And what a breath of fresh air it has been. Olivia, what about you? Because I think I assumed you had read them maybe because of your sister, but I, I'm not sure that was actually the case. Yeah. Uh, well, after we started this, I went back and asked my mom if I had read them because I did not remember reading them. But it felt like something my sister would definitely pick up. Mm-hmm. And I guess we have a bunch of the old ones at home. So I would assume that we probably both read a couple of them, but couldn't remember for the life of me. Mm-hmm. But I think Lucy summed it up perfectly after she read that first one in like one sitting and then texted both of us. She's like, <laughs> this is the perfect low stake read for a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have been so pleasantly surprised. So I read them as a kid, but I I read them because they're technically, I feel like the first one was published in like, it was the 80s, right? Like 80, 84 or, or 80, something. Yeah. yeah. And so I actually read them because I had two older cousins who read them and like gave me their old copies. And so that's kind of how I was introduced to these stories. And and I do understand the value, I think, now in children's chapter book series because this series is massive. There are like 130 books or something. And I know for sure I have not read them all. But I like that you could totally read these books out of order. Like it does not have these are not sequential in any way. I love that they they do this thing where they almost give a recap at the beginning of every book about how the club got started. And so you already like you could skip through this series and know exactly where you were. Like, I don't think there's any getting lost. And I didn't think I would I didn't know if I would like that because I'm not a huge series reader. But I really have enjoyed kind of walking through the stories with these girls and then also knowing that I could skip around later if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're also a great size for kids too. Like yeah. maximum 200 pages and that's like in a thick one of them. But like, this is so easy just to pick up, read in one sitting and then go on to the next thing you're going to do. Yeah. Yeah, just hypothetically, you could forget to read them until the morning of and <laughs> finish them in the time it takes for your baby to nap twice by the evening. <laughs> Hypothetically. Hypothetically. It's so true. It's so true. So we launched Babysitters Back All Right. And I don't know what you guys thought the reception would be. I think for any of our ideas, it's hard to know like what the reception or what the response might be. Like I think we all we hope, right, that all of our ideas land, but not all of them do. But this one did. We did we did we put 40 spots for sale first and then sold them all? Is that right? I think, I yeah, think it was, was like 30 or 40. Yeah. Yeah. 30. And we sold so, so quickly that we like added 20 more, I think. And we kept adding. The point is we had about <laughs> 70 people when it was all said and done, I think. Um, yeah. So, so we weren't the only people looking, I think, for some nostalgia uh, and for some comfort reading. So we meet every other week and talk about these books with this group of people. It we did round one during the summer and then we're doing round two and kind of wrapping that up this fall. So by the end of this fall, we will have read, is it books one through 11? Yep. One through 11. Yes. So what do you guys think about reading them? Cause you're, we're not just reading them in a vacuum. Like we're not just reading them and enjoying them and putting them down. We're reading them and then talking about them and responding to like people in the chat. Like, and it's become this really, I think, collegial group of people, adults, and then at first some kids. And so what, Olivia, what did you think about these, 
book club meetings. You've hosted other book clubs before. How does this one compare? This one is so much fun. And I think partially because it's a children's book and I don't get, besides Dumbledore Army, I don't get to talk about kids' books very often, especially with adults. Mm -hmm. And talking about a kid's book with a kid is very different than talking with an adult. Mm -hmm. Um, But then it was, it's also fun because it's just like Lucy's far away now. So it's like a way for us to be all together again. Yeah. And so like the books have kind of done more than just like the babysitters club. Yeah. It's been nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful, Olivia. Thank you. Thank you. True. When you read the quote at the beginning of the podcast, I was like, we are all friends. <laughs> Yeah, in the middle of all this, Lucy wound up rather unexpectedly moving to Pennsylvania. And so you're right, Olivia, I hadn't thought about it that way. But it is our chance, almost like a staff meeting, but lower stakes, (laughs) 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 like a a more fun version of staff meeting uh, to get to see Lucy. Um, Lucy, how have you enjoyed the book club meetings? To be honest with you, I was like, I was thinking at the beginning, what would I, how would I feel purchasing a ticket to just watch three people talk about the book? Like Mm -hmm. it felt like, how is this going to be, feel like a book club? And Mm -hmm. it totally surprised me. It, it so feels like a book club. Like there's members of the club who just from their chats, I'm like, Oh, I think I would be friends with her or, you know, like, (laughs) and you recognize them and you're like, you know, so-and-so has done a lot of research on the old versions of (laughs) <laughs> the babysitters club so we can rely on her to to comment in the chat and like let us know about such and such um so I just think it's been super fun I there's also like times where I want to make a joke talking in the book club and there's times when I want to put it in the chat you know like <laughs> it's two different ways of like interacting with people um I just have super loved it yeah they've become Almost, and we've talked about this a little bit as the in the store as our online customer base grows. I feel like the um, it's mostly I think it's almost entirely all women. The women in this book club that we have are almost like our regulars now. Like I am so accustomed to seeing Jillian and Jacqueline and Chantal and Sarah, and I just feel like I know them, even though no idea what they look like, except for Chantal. We've seen Chantal, <laughs> <laughs> but, but like I don't really know these women. But it does feel like Lucy, a normal book club. You're right, where somebody's the expert in this. It's almost like our own babysitters club. Like somebody's the expert in numbers. Somebody can tell us what the babysitters got paid according to inflation. Like I, I just <laughs> we like- have a whole range of parents with different ages of children. Yeah, like we can yes. babysitting works. Like <laughs> yeah. Erin is yes, our local and- contingent, and so we can count <laughs> on her. Like we actually know her and her children, so it's just really fun. Yeah. The last one was a ghost story, and somebody was like. Oh, you know that in the new town you just moved to, they have ghost tours, Lucy. And I was like, I forgot. Everyone here knows that I moved and like where I moved to. It was so sweet. Yeah. Okay. So as you both have kind of read book these books either for the first time or revisiting them after not remembering them, um, and I have been rereading them, I'm curious, and we know this from our meetings, but I'd love to hear like Olivia, who are your favorite and least favorite babysitters or characters in the series? Okay. Um, favorite by far is Claudia. I love her. I think she's great. I love the, her creative side and her love of candy. 
uh, we share. So <laughs> I do. She is in my heart. <laughs> and I mean, having Mimi as a grandma really puts you up there. Yeah. In my opinion. Um, but after that, I would say my second favorite would be Dawn. I just, she's so responsible other than the food thing. I wish we had that in common, but we don't. <laughs> um, my least favorite, and I'm so sorry, you guys. Is <gasps> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I would say it's Christy and then Stacy. And that's just a personal thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and Stacey. It's totally fine and fair. And yeah. I think there are, like, it would be so interesting. It was interesting when we had at first some younger readers who were reading alongside their moms and would comment in the chat occasionally. And I, I would love to think back and to put myself in a kid's shoes and to try to think who were my favorites when I was a kid, because I really don't remember. I remember who I identified with, but like who you identify with isn't necessarily going to be who your favorite character is. And so I think there are certain parts in the book where it is Christy is not always likable. So I think you're, I think you're justified in your <laughs> opinions. Uh, Lucy, what about you? Favorite and least favorite? Okay. So favorite babysitters are mm-hmm. Dawn and Marianne and favorite other characters are <laughs> Mimi, <laughs> of course. And then I've got to say Karen Brewer. And let's talk about Karen Brewer. Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So this is one of my other questions is like your favorite kid. Cause I think Anna Martin, and we've talked about this, um, writes kids so well to me. They like are just the right amount of precocious and also occasionally obnoxious. Like I feel like she really understands the spirit of kids, but my, one of my favorite characters in the books and by far my favorite kid is Karen Brewer. Um, but Olivia has other feelings about Karen. So, um, Lucy, first of all, tell us what you like about Karen and maybe describe her for people who don't, who haven't revisited these books and who need to refamiliarize themselves with the character of Karen Brewer. Yes. Okay. So Karen is Christie's mom's fiance, well, boyfriend, then fiance, then husband, her new husband's, uh, daughter. And, she also, Christy and various other babysitters also babysit her. Um, she has a younger brother and she is like constantly basically like playing with the other kids, like mentally. She, she is, <laughs> um, she's like telling them things like there's a, there's a ghost over there. Or there's aliens coming down to get you or whatever. Um, she thinks that her next door neighbor is a witch who's put a spell on her cat to make her cat fat. Um, she, the reason why I love her and I wouldn't want to have her as a child necessarily, but she has got a personality. She has got spunk. She is not a boring child. Um, every time she's in the picture, you can count on a good laugh. Yeah. In that page. Yeah. Um, Which makes her fun to read. Yes. She's fun to read. Okay. Um, Olivia hates her. (laughs) Olivia really does not like Karen Brewer. What are your thoughts? Tell us why. She is such a little instigator. (laughs) (laughs) Everywhere she goes, she causes problems and scares little kids. And that is not okay. I I think she is the most likable because she probably has one of the biggest personalities and gets the most um, page time. Yeah. of any other baby's a tea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but she, no, she is not my favorite. <laughs> you 
you know, my my idea for her is that she do I don't know if you guys listen. I do not anymore, but I listened to a couple episodes of the podcast My Favorite Murder, and I am pretty sure one of the hosts of that show is named Karen. And it is my belief that Karen Brewer came, grew up to become the co-host of the My Favorite Murder podcast. That is my <laughs> that is my idea in my head is that that's who Karen Brewer is now. And um, it really makes sense for who she is, <laughs> I think. Um, okay, my favorite characters, my favorite babysitters are also Claudia and Dawn, which is why I would be curious what kids think. Like part of me wonders, like Claudia is just by far the coolest to me. She is pretty confident in who she is. She, um, she, yeah, she loves candy. She's got candy hiding everywhere. Uh, I think she's the original Lane Kim, as we discussed in one of our babysitters club meetings. She's got Mimi. She has really interesting family dynamic that is interesting to read about. So I really like Claudia. And then Dawn is just the most calm, I think. And so I Mm -hmm. also really like her. Interestingly, though, don't love her as a narrator as much. Like, I don't know that we get a ton about her when she narrates because I think she actually winds up telling us more about the other sitters. Um, And then the character I most relate to is unfortunately and sadly due to Olivia being here, Christy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Christy is for sure who I am. Um, and every anytime I think to myself, oh, maybe I'm more a Marianne, Marianne will do something where I'm like, mm, no, I am by far a Christy. Mar- Marianne is too sensitive. Uh, Marianne is a little bit more boy crazy. So like anytime I think that I could have more Marianne in me than Christy, I am proven wrong. Who are you guys? Like, what shirts did you buy? I can't even remember. Who have you, Lucy, when Lucy first, when I asked who people were in the book, Lucy's answer was David <laughs> Michael. And Janine. It was a combination of David Michael and Janine. <laughs> and I remember now, flipping through the pages of Christie's big idea or great idea thinking, who is David Michael and who is Janine? <laughs> and uh, then I realized they were siblings, <laughs> sibling characters. Well, um, Janine has turned out to be meaner than I thought mean Janine. Um, Dave Michael like was big in the first couple books and I feel like he has not had all that much uh, screen yeah. time recently. Um, I think that I identify most, I think with Dawn. I'm interested to hear what Olivia says, because I feel like at the very beginning, you said that Stacy was your favorite and you just said she was one of your mm. least favorites. What happened? I know it really changed. <laughs> that beach trip, man, did not do Stacy justice. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's hard also, look at her. I think I wanted to be like her because she was coming from New York and I understood that. And then I realized that kids who grow up in New York are very different from kids who do not grow up in New York. And I did not grow up in New York. I just went to college there and stayed after. So I would say I'm actually most like Claudia, mostly because she's a younger sibling and close with her grandparents. She, her older sister is very smart and sometimes intimidating to be the younger sister of. She loves candy. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I was more creative when I was younger. I was really into art and drawing. So I totally understand Claudia in that respect. And I also am not a great speller. Uh-huh. So. Just like just like Claudia. You are like a Claudia. Claudia. Man. <laughs> yeah. That last uh, one was barely legible. 
Claudia's journal entry. I was like, what is she even saying? You know, occasionally, occasionally I forget, like, because those letters or those entries, those journal entries just kind of appear and I'll be reading them and I've forgotten whose handwriting is whose. And I'll be like, is that a misprint? And then I'll realize, no, 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 wait, this is Claudia. Like, Like it takes me back. Um, so Lucy, if you're not David Michael slash Janine anymore, are you Dawn? Is that what you said? Yes. I think if I had to purchase a shirt now, if somebody forced me to purchase a shirt, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I want to purchase a shirt. If I was going to purchase a shirt, it would be a Dawn shirt, I think. Okay. I do like Marianne. I know she's going through a lot. I don't love the, the turn to boy crazy. And that is not, I think indicative of the way I was so I think Dawn is my preferred but also struggling with the cottage cheese (laughs) that Dawn does yeah the Dawn's um Dawn's food intake is just very different from mine I love Dawn for her calm demeanor and her she's as Olivia I think put it she's the most responsible of the sitters but I still I just keep coming back to Christy I think I at the very beginning uh, said that I was a Christie with a Marianne wing. And I still think that could be true, but the Marianne wing feels slighter and slighter the more I get to know about Marianne. Like, I feel like, again, Marianne is just a little more sensitive than I am. She's become closer friends with Stacy, and the boy craziness is just so foreign to me as an adult and as a child, like just not <laughs> really who I was. And so I think Christie being kind of this late blooming baseball cap wearing, um, person who prefers the director's chair feels very real to me <laughs> feels very, feels very re- real to who I was as a kid and who as I, who I am as a grown-up one of the things we do in our babysitters book club discussions and I don't even know I don't even know that this was always something we did planned to do I don't know if this came up in our very first meeting and somebody asked this question but we now really like to figure out and try to um, gauge what these sitters Enneagram numbers are and so I thought we could kind of, now that we've read, as of this recording, I guess, nine books. Yeah. Is that right? Nine, yeah. So, so it's given us a chance to, each book is told from a different girl's perspective and point of view, which I think is really fun. And so I think because of that, we've gotten at least two books now by each girl. And so it lends itself to maybe a more accurate telling of their Enneagram numbers. So I thought we could kind of go down the list and, and tell what numbers we think which girl is. So let's start with Christy. I feel like she's, I think she could be pretty easy. What number do you think she gets? She is. I have always between been between an eight and a three for Christy. Okay. Lucy. I would have thought between a three and a one. Interesting. And I was going to say one, one or an eight. (laughs) <laughs> so, so we're evenly divided here yeah, yeah so we've, we're all, we've got our three options <laughs> we've got three options gotta get jordan jones on the case i'm dying for him to read these just so he can tell me his thoughts um but you know i think the, the thing that keeps me from maybe thinking she's a three is because she doesn't seem to care what other people think yet and I say that as somebody who's married to a three and he is so good at being in tune to other people's emotions and like figuring out what he needs to be or who he needs to be for each person he's with. And Christy seems like she does not quite know that yet. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Mm. Like, I think I not thinking quite. three only because of the time when Dawn was getting close with Marianne. Oh, and a little bit yeah. jealous. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we at least have her three. What about Claudia? I think that one's easy too. Easy. 
I think she's a that four. girl is a four. <laughs> I yeah. have four. Yeah. Okay. So Claudia is a four. We got that one down. Okay. Now. Okay. What do you guys think about Stacy? Stacy, I've always thought a six. But as of recently in the books, I feel like it's almost changing. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> She's harder because yeah, Stacey's we Stacy's a mystery. Okay, so I have thought a three. This is where I plugged in the three because I kind of felt like again, she's able to adapt. She like I know she's this New York City girl, but she's able like once she finds her group of friends and friends are very important to her. I don't know. I kind of I but I'm I'm with you. I don't know that we get enough about her personality-wise. All we really know about her is diabetes <laughs> and <laughs> oh, that's and the boy truth crazy. about her. Yes, the truth about Stacey is she's got diabetes. And (laughs) I I also think she, to me, is the most insecure of the sitters. Is that true? Yeah. I I think she's insecure without, like, just saying that. Yeah. Writing. Okay. So I I have three, but I have a question mark by it. What about Mary Ann? Nine. Between a two and a nine for Mary Ann. That's what I have, too. And I kind of lean toward nine. She and Claudia, to me, were the easiest to figure out. Okay, and then Dawn? Maybe Dawn's a one? Yeah, I could see a one. Interesting. I thought a six. God, the sixes I know are so responsible. And it's like they can see impending doom. And I feel like Dawn already has that like she's lived through this pretty it sounds like relatively traumatic divorce she takes care of her mom I feel like sixes age more quickly than the rest of us and Dawn always feels like an old soul but maybe there are some one tendencies there in yeah she doesn't seem anxious though she definitely seems super confident like I have this and I feel like a six would just be like devastated by the loss of their father and Mm -hmm. she remember in the last book was kind of like and then I visited my dad and it was fine. And, you know, yeah, we don't have a relationship adult, anymore. Yeah. Don't you think Dawn's in therapy though? Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel, sure. Maybe she's repressing. Yeah. Dawn at 11 <laughs> saying that her dad being gone isn't a big deal. I don't know. Then I'm like, maybe as a grown up, Dawn has to work through that. But I, okay. I could say one or six. Is that all of them? Did we do them all? Yeah. That's, That's right. So, Cause we like, we also like that there are just five and we're kind of hesitant to let Mallory join in. Sorry. Five is a good number. <laughs> Six gets a little confusing and we're going to lose personalities from people. Yeah. And I think break off into different groups. I've just got my concerns. <laughs> um, okay. So we've read nine of these books. We're reading 10 and 11 to kind of wrap up the year. What have been your favorite books, favorite plot lines? Like what have you enjoyed reading for the first time, um, revisiting, like, what are your favorite books? Olivia, why don't you tell us your favorite and least favorite? Okay. My favorite by far and has been since we read it is number two, Claudia and the Phantom Phone Calls. I just really like that one. And I thought Claudia's writing was so creative and fun. She's a great narrator. She is. I think my second favorite, and I think this will shock you both, but you'll understand, is Boy Crazy Stacy. Just oh, but that's the Jersey Shore. Yeah, it was very nostalgic for me. Yeah. Um, and I think my least favorite is going to have to be Christy's Big Day. One, there was a lot of Karen Brewer in that one. And then <laughs> I'm just not about a wedding story, unfortunately. Truly, unfortunately, as you potentially <laughs> plan your own wedding. 
<laughs> yes. I hate so wedding says Olivia. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go because Chrissy's Big Day is one of my favorites because I love a wedding story. And we've talked about this, but like, I love a wedding on TV. Like, I feel like there's so much family drama that can ensue. It's also where we see the girls kind of get this idea to do even a different kind of babysitting. And so they babysit like all the kids together, um, which I think adds more fun. And also I am a Karen Brewer fan, so I appreciate her showing up. Um, and then I like the ghost at Dawn's house as well, but not maybe even for Dawn as the narrator, except that Dawn does a good job of showing us all the different characters, all the different girls. Um, But I think my favorite books are the ones where there are group scenes with the sitters, which doesn't happen as often as you might think. Like we Mm -hmm. get them, you know, meeting, like having their, um, having their babysitter club meetings, but we don't always get them in a group. And we have this great slumber party scene in the ghost at Dawn's house. And then Christy's big day, they're all there for Christy's mom's wedding. And so those are my two favorites by far. And I'm going to save my least favorite because I think my least favorite is the same as Lucy. Lucy, what are your favorites and least favorites? Okay. By far, my favorite is the ghost at Dawn's house. Hmm. Um, I don't even really like scary stories. I didn't feel like it was scary, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Because I'm 33 and <laughs> this is written for somebody 20 years younger than me. Um, but yes, like you said, Annie, very sweet, heartwarming scenes with all of the girls together. I felt like we got a lot of different clips of babysitting, actual babysitting and interesting stories there. The old house thing is something that's resonating with me right now, having just purchased an old house. <laughs> Um, it had a little twist ending, left some things unresolved. I just love that one. Very sweet. Mm. And anything, any other one where there's like some huge babysitting hurdle that a babysitter really reacts to well, I like, Mm. like needing to call the ambulance or needing to call the police or I don't know why that (laughs) feels to me, but I really like it when I'm like, good job. Yeah. Good job babysitting. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And least favorite, um, for sure, is the one where they're all fighting, which is, we said, Marianne saves the day. Yeah. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. When they're all fighting, there's actually no good reason for it, which is pretty realistic for 12-year-old girls. But they Mm -hmm. just, like, call each other mean names, and it takes them the whole book to get back together. I was not here for it. Yeah. I didn't like that one for the very same reason. Like I loved seeing Marianne because in that book, that same book, Marianne calls an ambulance and like takes care of a kid, takes care of Jenny. But the fighting, the infighting amongst the girls, it's almost like the whole reason I'm reading these books is for comfort and nostalgia and like feel good. So to read one that doesn't make me feel good feels like a waste. Like... (laughs) Like, I understand and it is realistic, I think, that a group of girls or a group of kids of any gender would like argue and like have nitpick at each other. So it did feel very real, but it also just felt like this is not why I am here. I want these girls happy and responsible and organized. Like, (laughs) Annie, you and I were saying that it was like that half season of Gilmore Girls where Lorelai and Rory were fighting the whole time they didn't speak. And you're just like, come on. Yeah, this is not why I'm here for this show. Watch this. That's right. It's a totally different show. It's not what you. It's not the original bill of goods I was sold. Uh, I have a theory. Oh, 
to why, because I also really liked that moment at the Ghost of Dawn's house where they were all having that little sleepover at the end. And I think it's because we always see them in a position of they have to be responsible and they're almost the adult in this situation. And so it, we we rarely see them get to be kids themselves. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. I think that's really true. And it and I had not thought about it that way, but every they really are. Honestly, what an inspiring book to read as a kid and as a grown up. Like I think I said the last um babysitter club meeting, I feel like these are great parenting manuals. These girls are good at their jobs. Like they, and and they are like to many for many reasons and purposes, they it feels like they are the grown-ups in the room. Um and sometimes yeah. mm-hmm. even when compared to the grown-ups in the room, <laughs> it feels it feels like these girls have a good set of a good set of heads on their shoulders. But but it is fun to see them like being light and have fun. And that slumber party, they didn't have a care in the world, really. Okay, I have one other thing that I just wanted to address briefly, and it's not in the notes, and I'm sorry about it. But um, there was a New York Times article, and we did talk about this in one of our Babysitter Club meetings. When the Babysitter's Club series launched on Netflix, um, which is very cute and very enjoyable, but when it launched on Netflix, there were a couple of different think pieces that came out, like about the legacy of the Babysitter's Club and like the the legacy of Anna Martin and why these books are important and et cetera. But there was a really great story in the New York times. And I think it was written actually by a male author who had read these books as a kid. And he claims it is what made him love literary fiction. And I don't know if you guys read that piece, but I'll link to it in the show notes. It's really worth your time. It's short and a sweet kind of tribute to the books themselves. But I got to thinking about that. And I thought about how true it is because the other thing I feel like we can't overstate is that I think these books are actually really well-written. And Lucy, you said they're a departure for you genre-wise, but once you kind of got into the rhythm of them and you and I perhaps read less kid literature than Olivia, but how, like, if you think about literary fiction or even literary nonfiction, the books you typically are drawn to, do you think you can understand that author's kind of thesis statement that, like, these books helped him fall in love with literary fiction? I can, absolutely. And I really do think it's a good time to read these now, even if you're not, it, you don't ever read um, children's lit, because they're quick to p- pick up and put down. You don't have to like concentrate on the language at all. You can feel not accomplished, but like you can feel like you've wrapped something up um, in mm. a short amount of time, which is like, especially as a new mom, feels great. Um, and especially when we're in like a world situation where nothing is wrapping up in a mm-hmm. short amount of time. Um, yeah, I just, I do think it's a great read, even if this is not your genre. Olivia, do you think these books like can, and maybe you can speak even to kid literature as a whole, but like, how does it prep you for adult reading? Like, do you think these books really do lend themselves to being a fan of more literary works? Yeah, Absolutely. I think there's so many different literary ploys and styles that she uses in it just by switching character voices and adding in like every other chapter is like we said, like a handwritten note by a different babysitter. Every other book is written by a different babysitter and they all have different styles of writing. So I could easily see how that would translate and be a good segue getting you into a more stylized form of writing. Mm-hmm. But I. I think I've said from the beginning, like, I think these are great for children, especially because even though the main protagonists are 12 and and aging up as we go, 
I would still feel confident in handing this to an eight-year-old and they would love it. Yeah. I think it's been one of the few, and maybe this is because I, and none of us have kids who are of, like, Gabriel isn't sitting at home reading the Babysitter's Club books, um, <laughs> although he is a brilliant child. Like, I just, <laughs> I, I just feel like this, for the maybe first time, I read the occasional kid lit, but I'm really struck by how I, a 34-year-old person, and am, am enjoying them just as much as an eight-year-old who I think is reading these with her mom. Like, I feel like these are weirdly timeless and ageless. Like, I really am. It's not like reading them is a chore. Um, reading them is easier for me. Like, I finish them more quickly maybe than a seven or eight-year-old might. But, but I find them to be utterly enjoyable in a way I'm not sure I was expecting. Like, I thought... I might even like nitpick at them or like criticize them or think of them in a critical way. And instead, I feel like I've I've drunk the Kool-Aid. Like I am totally on board with these books and, and what they meant to me as a kid. And I really like them as a grown up. I will also say that we I have a ritual with Zach where he's like, did you finish your book? And I'm like, yes. And he was like, tell me what happened. <laughs> like he he's interested in it, too. He likes the like almost predictable nature of like, and the low stakes, like we said, yes. of like 12 year old girls issues. It's yeah. just fun for him to hear about too. Yeah. And, and you're exactly right, Lucy, like it wraps up, like there is a problem. And I think this is what I like. They solve the problem. Like, it's like a, it's like a perfect episode of TV. Like there's an episode, there might be some drama there in the middle to hold your attention. But by the end of it, like you're done, like it's wrapped up and you can go about your day. And I, I really like that. Mm -hmm. I think, um, perhaps I will say that is also why I read so much kids lit. It can deal with tough subjects, but there's always going to be a happy ending of some sort. Mm. And I think that's really what we're looking for in 2020 is like, sure, there are problems, but boy, can we solve them? Like, <laughs> Like, like, is there a way we can get together and <laughs> yeah. solve this? And I really like that the babysitters, the babysitters do. A nice wrap up is really appreciated in 2020. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So I'm going to put a final plug. Our book club is full, but we have a lot of fun babysitters merch. We've alluded to our t-shirts uh, that were designed by Ashley, a Claudia herself. Uh, Ashley Sherlock uh, used to work at the bookshelf. She's been on the podcast and she designed all of our babysitter merch, which is adorable and great. Um, but I'm also going to put a plug and I'm actually this is the first time I'm really asking Lucy and Olivia this too. I, so I had an idea, just call me Christy. I had an idea <laughs> because I've loved these so much, but I really have wondered, and, and Olivia would know better than I, like, I really have wondered, like, do we keep going, you know, in 2021 to all the babysitters books? Like how many are re-releasing? Like how many is Scholastic re-releasing with new covers, blah, blah. And then I mentioned the book Paperback Crush, which I still think is just a great gift for anybody who like loves 80s and 90s literature and nostalgia. Um, but I thought about like all the books we've st kind of started to reference in Babysitter's Club or Babysitter's Back All Right. Like we've referenced, um, I think the Sweet Valley High books. I don't know if you guys read those. We've referenced um, the girl on the, what is it? The girl on the face of the milk carton. Yeah. Um, we've referenced that. We've referenced um, just kind of all these books that show that maybe you read 
um, again, if you grew up in the late 80s, early 90s. And so I'm thinking about in 2021, continuing the book club, but like kind of under a different brand and name, like maybe some kind of nostalgia book club. And I wondered, like, do you think this is something people would be interested in? Are you interested in it for 2021 to continue reading books like this? Like, what are your thoughts? Yes, absolutely. Let's throw in some goosebumps <laughs> in there. I am all about yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited about that idea. Love it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I think when I very first approached Olivia with this idea about babysitters back, all right, like I definitely think I thought of it as a summer thing because like a lot of people, I think I thought the heat somehow would kill COVID. That was, <laughs> I, think, I think that has been proven wrong. Uh, that hypothesis turned out to be false. <laughs> and well, so we're looking- we personally needed this. this yeah. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're on board. Really nice. Yeah. And so we needed it. And the thing is, I actually think I still need it. Like, I think I thought this would fill or like scratch an itch and I'd be done. But I kind of would like to keep revisiting these nostalgic books. So stay tuned, everybody. I think that might be Christy's next big idea. Yeah. And then 2022 (laughs) is Annie's fan fiction of Karen Brewer grown up as a babysitter. Yeah. That's what we'll read. Get ready, guys. (laughs) I'm working on a lot of fan fiction right now. <laughs> I have so many ideas percolating and it's all inspired by Christy and the gang. Um, thank you guys so much for talking about Babysitter's Club. I really appreciate it. Um, if you are interested in joining us for future book clubs, you can follow us on Instagram, et cetera, et cetera, for all the details. Front Porch is a weekly podcast production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in South Georgia. You can follow The Bookshelf's daily happenings on Instagram at Bookshelf T-Bill, and all the books from today's episode can be purchased online through our store website at www.bookshelfthomasville.com. A full transcript of today's episode can be found at fromthefrontporchpodcast.com. Special thanks to Dylan and his team at Studio D Production for sound and editing and for our theme music which sets the perfect warm and friendly tone for our Thursday conversations. This week, I'm reading I Have Been Assigned the Single Bird by Sue Cerulean. Olivia, what are you reading? I'm reading Fortune Favors the Dead. I don't remember the name of I'm sorry. Sorry, that took a turn. It sounded so <laughs> so light. Fortune Favors the Dead. The, the Dead. dead. <laughs> Lucy, what are you reading this week? I'm reading The National Road, Dispatches from a Changing America, and that is by Tom Zollner. It's not out yet, but you can pre-order it on our website. If you liked what you heard on today's episode, tell us by leaving a review on iTunes, or if you're so inclined, support us on Patreon, where you can hear our staff's weekly New Release Tuesday conversations, read full book reviews in our monthly Shelf Life newsletter, follow along as Hunter and I conquer a classic, and receive free media mail shipping on all your online book orders. Just go to patreon.com forward slash from the front porch. We're so grateful for you, and we look forward to meeting back here next week.